My dear friends and brethren, we're gathered here this afternoon to honor the memory of our dear friend and sister, Olive Weitzel, as God is the giver of life and the giver of eternal life, and the one who hears our prayers. Let us now pray and seek his blessing upon this service. Eternal God and Father, from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. You are our dwelling place and our refuge at this time when we remember much about our dear one. You are our strength and you will help us at this hour to see the life of our dear Olive in the clear light of how she lived it. According to the multitude of your tender mercies and according to your great loving kindness, we pray that you will meet with us now to give us your blessing at this time of remembering. May we have joy and peace in believing in you as we behold how great is the gift of life and even more how great the gift of eternal life is. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, amen. Let me read for you the obituary. Olive was born on October the 6th, 1933 in Grinnell, Iowa to Hubert and Lenora Shope. She attended high school in Grinnell and lived in the South Tama County area most of her life. She married Justin Weitzel of Tama on June 22, 1950, in Atlanta, Georgia. They farmed near Tama. Throughout her career, Olive worked as a clerk for several businesses. She enjoyed spending time with her family, her church family, and her friends. She taught Sunday school, participated in 4-H leadership, and various other community organizations for many years. She was a member of the church here in Tama for about 45 years, I believe, and a member at Ankeny Baptist for about seven years, I think. Olive is survived by her children, daughter Pamela and John Adams, Cedar Rapids, daughter Cindy Weitzel, Union Grove, Wisconsin, Daughter Jennifer Fix and Ron Fix, Ankeny, Iowa. Son Jeff and Terry Weitzel, Toledo, Iowa. Grandchildren, Lenora Adams, Jefferson City, Missouri. Justin and Allie Adams, Marion, Iowa. Kevin and Christy Adams, Fort Madison, Iowa. Jonathan and Carrie Adams, Tallahassee, Florida. Melissa and Colin Smith, Charlotte, South Carolina. Brianna Melville in France. Joshua Weitzel in Toledo, Tiffany Roberts in Toledo. Numerous great-grandchildren, as well as her brother James Shope from Toledo. She was preceded in death by her husband, Justin, known to many of us as Keith. They're twins at birth. Her sister, Billie Jean, and brother-in-law, Charles Sumner Grinnell. Also great-grandson, Carter Adams at birth and numerous nephews and nieces. Well, now we're going to sing the hymn, I Come to the Garden Alone. It's a congregational hymn, and it's an insert in your bulletin, if you'll take that out, and you'll be able to follow along with the words and sing with us. I come to the garden alone While the dew is still on the road 
Moses and the voice I hear falling on my ear the Son of God discloses and he walks with me and he talks with me and he tells me I am his own and the joy he shares when we tarry there none other has ever known and you got it the sound of his voice is so sweet the birds hush their singing and the melody that he gave to me within my heart is singing and he with me and he talks with me and he tells me I am his own and the joy we share as we tarry there none other has ever known I'd stay in the garden with him Though the night around me be falling But he bids me go Through the voice of woe His voice to me is calling And he walks with me And he talks with me And he tells me I am his own And the joy there None other has ever known Amen now I'm going to uh, let Jason speak a few words here and lead us in a prayer. Well, good afternoon. My name is Jason Blanc. I'm the pastor of the Baptist Church where Olive attended and was a member there um, for the last number of years. A pastor friend of mine who would often say at a funeral service, it's character that always walks out of a funeral service. And I think that is a, an apt phrase. We come to a day like this, we reflect on the person and what often comes to mind, who they were, <coughs> what they were mm-hmm. like, their character. And that really is true, isn't it? Mm-hmm. That is character that walks out of a funeral. It's been, it's been a joy in the last number of days as I've interacted with, with many in, in in our church, who knew Olive, they knew her well, and to hear some of the things that have been shared about who she was as a person, what her character was like. And I jotted just a few of those things down. She was quiet 
and generous. And you may even know her that way as well. She desired to help others out in need. And that was true of her. And she was faithful. Faithful in many relationships, friendships. Even within our church, she was very faithful. Last night at the viewing, I was talking with a few of the people from my church. And one of them said she was just a sweet lady. She was a sweetheart. A couple ladies behind me said, well, that's a great phrase to describe who she was. Mm-hmm. These people weren't from my church. They were her neighbors where she lived. So if you knew Olive, you knew her in that way. She was a sweet lady, mm-hmm. a kind lady. I was thinking even of a few passages of Scripture that, that really support uh, what we're saying even today, that it is character that always walks out of the funeral service. The book of Ecclesiastes Chapter 7 speaks these exact same words. It says, A good name is better than a fine perfume, and the day of one's death than the day of one's birth. And you hear those verses, and you know, well, that sounds a little confusing. What, what is being said here? A good name, who you are as a person, your character, is better than how you're perceived outwardly, what you look like. Certainly in this culture, perfume meant a lot different than it does today. It was part of your image. All of that, and a good name, a good name is better than even how you look. It's your character. It goes on to say, in the day of one's death and the day of one's birth, when somebody is born, you look at a cute baby and you think, boy, what are they going to be like? What are, what are they going to be like? What's their personality? What are they going to be like? Dad, mom, whatever. But then when somebody passes, what are we able to say? This is what they were like. And we're so thankful for Olive's life and her testimony. Mm-hmm. And she's with Jesus today, not because of all of her niceties. She's with Jesus today because she came to know that she was a sinner in need of a Savior, and only Jesus saves. It wasn't her good works, it wasn't her kind acts, it was Jesus alone that saves, and she came to know Jesus by faith, and today is in His presence. Isn't that an amazing thought? That she is with the Lord today, not because of what she did, but because of what Jesus Christ did for her. That's our hope and comfort today, family and friends. So let's pause and let's give thanks to God for all of his life and even God's work in saving her. Mm. So Heavenly Father, we are, are thankful for the hope of the gospel. And we are, are thankful that you, out of love, sent Jesus Christ to this earth he lived and he served and he died on the cross and that was in our place. That, that was for our sin. That was the cross that, that we should have died on. But Jesus died for us and he rose again and he conquered sin and death and offers eternal life to all who would turn from their sin and trust in Jesus alone. And so Father, in this day, even of sorrow, we pause and say thank you for hope. Thank you for hope even in in the face of death. Thank you for eternal life through Jesus Christ alone. And and Father, we're thankful that it is not up to us. It's not our works. It's not anything that we could do to pay for our sin. Jesus paid it in full. And we say this afternoon, thanks be to God for that. Amen. Amen. Father, thank you for helping Olive understand that she, in fact, needed a Savior. And that she couldn't save herself. Thank you for bringing her to saving faith. Mm -hmm. Thank you for 
rescuing her, giving her new life and eternal life that she is experiencing today. And God, we are again thankful for mm-hmm. your hand in her life. Mm-hmm. Lord, we do recognize that today there is certainly sorrow, but it's, it's mixed with hope. And that is because of the gospel. So, Father, may that be our comfort today. May that be our clarity today. And, Father, even may Olive's life cause us to reflect upon our own life. Mm-hmm. Do we have a relationship with you by faith? How are we using our life? Are we living and walking with you and finding our all in all in Jesus Christ? Amen. Truly alone is worthy. His name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, now we're going to sing the uh, congregational hymn that's in this blue hymnal in front of you, hopefully. Number 533, What a Friend We Have in Jesus. What a friend we have in Jesus. Oh, our sins and griefs to bear. What a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear. We do not care everything to God in prayer. Have we trials and temptations? Is there trouble anywhere? We should never be discouraged. Take it to the Lord in prayer. Can we find a friend so faithful who will all our sorrow share? Jesus knows our every weakness. Take it to the Lord are we weak and heavy laden, covered with a load of care? Precious Savior, still refuge, take it to the Lord in prayer. Thy friends despise for saving. Take it to the Lord in prayer. In his arms he'll take and shield thee. Thou will find a solace there. Amen. Now I'm going to uh, ask Cindy Weitzel to come up representing uh, the relatives and give a remembrance. Thank you. It's good to see all of you. And thank you for coming to uh, celebrate the homecoming. 
of our mom. And uh, we got together and we have some things we'd just like to share with you. And there are two things that we feel best describe our mom. The first was her love for the Lord. And the second was work hard and never give up. Mm-hmm. Proof of her love for the Lord and her faith in Him. She could be seen kneeling by her bed, praying for her children. I kind of read that one time and it just stuck in my head. And I, I'll never forget that. Um, she would have devotions at the kitchen table and she would pray often at the kitchen table and having her devotions. Not only devotions, but she would prepare for Sunday school, vacation Bible school. And she would would prepare for them. She would study her, uh, oh yeah, another thing she did. I wonder if you guys remember this. She had uh, Bible story books. And she would read Bible stories to us kids. We all sit on the couch and she would read them to us. Mm -hmm. And you still have a book, correct? Mm -hmm. And you read it to your grandkids. So it's continuing on. Continuing on. She encouraged others to attend church in a quiet, persistent way. She faithfully wrote letters to friends and encouraged them in their walk with the Lord. She faithfully gave to church, missions, and other Bible-based charities. She would invite her neighbors over for coffee and sit and chat with them. She made, uh, she's a true Dorcas. She made quilts, which you can see up here. She gave quilts to people, and some of them traveled worldwide as they carried them with them. And oftentimes she gave them away for free. She didn't ask for any money, she just gave them away. And she made uh, stocking caps here that would go to the Alpha for uh, children in need. She made dresses for missionaries that our church supported. She crocheted many dollies mm-hmm. <laughs> and gave them away to her family and friends. Uh, one thing that I can remember, and I know Pam and Jenny can, we raised chickens on the farm and we would uh, dress them, kill them and dress them, butcher them. I ended up being the one that had to butcher them. Mm. Jenny and <laughs> But um, that taught us how to <clears throat> raise money and spend it wisely. And not only was it we did chickens, but we also detasseled corn. We'd be going down that road, trying to reach up there, you know, those tassels were way up there in the air, and it was awful hard to get to. But she said, don't give up. The end of the row is just down there. <laughs> Where? <laughs> but it was so... She taught us to work hard and never give up. And that was just a joy to do, to work alongside it. Her in doing that. She baked bread and sold it to people in her community. She taught us also how to work in the garden, not only to weed, which reminds us of our sin in our life, but mm. there was fruit that we uh, canned and preserved for the wintertime. So she taught us to be diligent in that. And she also taught us how to clean the house. 
Not only the windows, but all the way down to the base of the windows. She enrolled us in 4-H so we could learn the skills of cooking, sewing, and refinishing furniture. And she often assisted us into those tasks. Seldom did we see mom sitting down without some type of work in her hands. She'd be sitting watching TV, you know, crocheting, or putting together quilt box. Her work ethic and never give up attitude was deeply ingrained in each one of her children. Pam was a teacher. She continued to teach people, kids, and then teachers. You were over teacher too? Yes, she was over teachers. Jenny as a nurse. Never give up as a nurse. Myself as a caregiver and a coach. And that work ethic just continued to go on and on with us. And then we ingrained it, they ingrained it in their children. Mm -hmm. And I ingrained it in the students or clients mm -hmm. and residents that I worked with at Shepherds. So her life goes on. Her life goes on. She would often say, if you are talking, you're not working. <laughs> One time we were working out in the garden and Grandma Lysa came out and how come you guys aren't talking? <laughs> well, we were working. Yeah. kind of add limits and jumping all over the place. Or she enjoyed uh, exercising. She'd get out there and she'd mm -hmm. do aerobics and she'd walk all over town with Fritzy here. And mm -hmm. Ankeny, she'd get out with her walker and walk all over the place. So I really think that these two attributes, her loving the Lord and her continuing to exercise, kept her healthy and helped her live a long and happy life. Mm -hmm. And one other thing that she did she was involved in people's lives. She loved to know what was going on in your life, every detail of it. And I learned so much from her about the people here in Tama Baptist Church and the church in Ankeny than I did just being amongst you guys. And I learned a whole lot about you guys down here. <laughs> from mom that I did from the, their mothers. So. She was involved, and she not only uh, wanted to know what was going on in your life, she would daily pray for you, daily pray for you. While she was in the hospital and rehab, she enjoyed us reading the Bible to her and praying with her and singing with her. And we would turn uh, the music on, and she would kind of go like this, deep into the music, and then sing when he went across the counties. And um, that's one of my fondest memories of her in the hospital is seeing her do that. So if you want to be, live a long and happy life and be a Dorcas and be an olive, uh, live for others, work for others, never give up, and then get out there and shake your booty. Thank you. Thank you. Just as, as Cindy was sharing, she taught the Bible, she loved the Bible, she lived the Bible. So we probably should have the Bible as we're, as we're gathered here. Psalm 116, Pastor Paul is going to share a message here in just a moment. Let me read that chapter for you. 
love the book of Psalms. In the book of Psalms, you see, you see God in such a personal way. And there's that temptation to think, well, God is so big and grand, and he's the creator of all, he knows everything, he's everywhere, does he even care about me? And the Psalms is, is one of that books that just lays his personal side right in front of us. And then, of course, the, the ups and downs of the, of the human life we see in, in some of these chapters. And yet, what we see all throughout the book of Psalms, a God who cares, a God who cares. Psalm 116, let me read this passage for you. I love the Lord because he has heard my voice and my supplications, because he has inclined his ear to me. Therefore, I will call upon him as long as I live. The pains of death surround me, the pains and the pangs of Sheol lay hold of me. I found trouble and sorrow. Then I called upon the name of the Lord. O Lord, I implore you, deliver my soul. Gracious is the Lord and righteous. Yes, our God is merciful. The Lord preserves the simple. I was brought low and he saved me. Return to your rest, O my soul, for the Lord has dealt bountifully with you. For you have delivered my soul from death, my eyes from tears, and my feet from falling. I will walk before the Lord in the land of the living. I believe, therefore I spoke. I am greatly afflicted. I said in my haste, all men are liars. What shall I render to the Lord for all his benefits towards me? I will take up the cup of salvation. I will call upon the name of the Lord. I will pay my vows to the Lord now in the presence of all his people. This is a wonderful verse for today. Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. O Lord, truly I am your servant. I am your servant, the son of your maidservants. You have loosed my bonds. I will offer to you the sacrifice of thanksgiving and will call upon the name of the Lord. I will pay my vows to the Lord, now in the presence of all his people, in the courts of the Lord's house, in the midst of you, O Jerusalem. Praise the Lord. Amen. Well, we've come here today to remember the life of our dear Olive. We've come here to remember also the God who gave her to us. All of the people that we know and love are gifts of the Lord to us, especially those people who know the Lord and who speak to us about our need of salvation in our Lord Jesus Christ. If Olive were here now, she would want me to preach the gospel to you, to share with you the offer of salvation in Christ, the reality and the great gift that there is in receiving the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. And so I will. I will preach the gospel to you here today. Ever since Olive came to saving faith in Christ many years ago now, she greatly desired for her friends, her family members, and her loved ones to come to know the Lord for themselves so that they would have what she now realizes the reality of in a more perfect way, eternal life. The same was true of her husband, Keith, who went to be with the Lord back in 2007. Their voices are still now, but mine is not. Allah's death, as it says in Psalm 116, verse 15, 
was precious in God's sight because she was one of God's saints. She was one of the ones who was trusting in God's mercy, which is found in Jesus Christ, not only in regard to all of her sins, but in regard to her becoming and being a godly woman. Olive was a woman of great faith, and she was very concerned with being a person who could help others see what faith in God and Christ really means. So let me make a few observations about her faith in Christ. First, she was a woman who prayed to God in faith. The God that Olive worshipped and is still worshipping now at this very moment is a prayer-hearing God. This is how you find the true and living God. It's by calling on the name of the Lord. I love the Lord, it says here, because he has heard my voice and my supplications Because he has inclined his ear to me, therefore I will call upon him as long as I live. So the psalmist starts out by saying that he loves the Lord because the Lord has heard his voice and his supplications. How did Olive come to be the woman of faith that she was? It was that she believed the gospel. She believed the report concerning Christ. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. In other words, you must believe the gospel if you would have faith, if you would know God. Romans 10 verses 9 to 13 say, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture says, whoever believes in him will not be put to shame. For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek. For the same Lord is over all and is rich to all who call upon him. Whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. What great verses these are. They're saying that once you understand that God really does hear your prayers, once you come to realize that he actually inclines his ear to hear you, then you will call upon him in a saving way. And you'll call upon him then, it says here in this psalm, as long as you live. So you can come to know him even now, even today, even here, if you entrust your soul and all of your concerns about life to Jesus Christ, along with all your sins. He'll take them all away. You do this by calling upon the name of the Lord. Lord Jesus, save me. Many years ago, Olive believed in Jesus Christ for the first time, and she prayed to the living God, and she was heard, and she called upon the name of the Lord, and she was saved from all of her sins. And I'm saying here today, you can also do the same. You can pray and call upon the name of the Lord and find that God is real, that he's true, that he's living, and he'll come to live in your heart. Psalm 116, which Jason just read to us just a few minutes ago, is about deliverance from death. Verse 8 says, For you have delivered my soul from death. So we're here today because death has taken our loved one from us. Death has taken the body of our dear sister, Olive. 
But I want you to be assured here today. I want you to know that death has not taken her soul. God, as it says in this psalm, has delivered her soul from death. And death is something that comes to each and every one of us. We do not know exactly when, but it will eventually most certainly come to all of us. The Bible says it's appointed unto men once to die, and then the judgment. The verse after that one in Hebrews 9.26 says, So Christ was offered once to bear the sins of many. So Jesus Christ died for sinners, and he died for sins. And because he was both God and man, he could bear our sins in his body on the tree. So there at the cross, he bore Olive's sins. And that's why I can confidently assert to you that Olive's soul has not died. Jesus has borne her sins. And the question that I would have you ask yourself at this time is this, has Jesus Christ died for my sins? Have I found deliverance of my soul from death, where it says here in verse 15, precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. God's saints are those who are trusting in Christ alone for salvation. They've given their life over to him to be saved, to be transformed, and to be made a new creature and a new creation in him. Let's think also now, secondly, of the great blessings of Christ being in Olive's life. Our dear sister Olive really did walk before the Lord in the land of the living. Her life of faith was evident to many who knew her. Uh, She and Keith, as the years went by, became people who were more and more devoted to God. I first met them when I came up from Davenport, where I lived then to preach to the church here in Tama in the early 1990s. Pastor Ralph Sarver's wife, Lorraine, was dying of cancer. And so he could not preach very much anymore. And so Ralph made an appeal to Pastor Gordon Taylor of Sycamore Baptist in East Moline that he would send someone up to do pulpit supply. And that's when I first started coming up here to preach to this church. And many of those occasions when my wife Jenny and I would come up, we would stay with Keith and Olive. In the evenings, they would have devotions. They would read the Bible. They often read portions in the daily devotionals of J.C. Philpot, William J., and William Mason, also J.C. Ryle. And truly, they loved learning more about the Lord And they often followed a reading schedule for morning and evening reading of the Bible. The little house on Siegel Street that they lived in was a joyous place to stay. Meals in the kitchen, devotions and conversation in the living room. Olive had her own sewing room in one of the rooms off the narrow hallway. And we would stay in the blue room. Many of the rooms in their house displayed Olive's good work on her quilts, and their long back porch had many puzzles on the walls that she had put together. Keith had his fireplace in the basement where he would smoke his pipe, and we would sit and discuss many theological things and practical everyday things. 
Olive, along with Keith, loved the brethren, and they loved our church. They were always here on Sundays, faithfully attending and participating all the years that they were here. In fact, you can still see right back there in the center among the pews in this sanctuary a little board that he would fold down, that is Keith would, when he was listening to sermons and he would take notes on that board. Olive was right next to him all of those years. Olive was a quiet and soft-spoken woman, but she had great convictions in her soul of what was true and right according to the Bible. One of her friends and a sister in the Lord who now lives in Grand Rapids, Michigan, said this when she heard of Olive's passing the other day, Dear Olive, she is with Jesus. I remember her gentle smile and her caring words. She was someone the Lord used very much in my first days as a baby Christian to see what he was trying to make me like. I think, wow, that's just so true of her, not only with Diane Vincent, that was who gave me those words, but also with many others as well. She helped people to spiritually see Jesus better. As some of you will remember Ray and Polly Titcomb, who used to go to this church and who are now with the Lord. Back in 2014, when our sister Polly went to be with the Lord, Ray, her husband, asked Olive to write a tribute to Polly, something that I could read at Polly's funeral. What Olive wrote, I want to read to you at this time, because it tells us much about what Olive thought about what it means to be faithful to the Lord in our living and dying. Olive wrote this, Who was Polly Titcomb? And what or who made her the way we will remember her? She is now able to praise her Lord with her whole heart. She praises God for his loving kindness in sending Jesus to save her soul. Polly praises God for the truth of his word. She lived God's word out quietly. We never knew her to stand on a soapbox or shout out her beliefs or opinions. When she suffered life's trials and sorrows, it was quietly because she knew where to take her pain. And she knew that Jesus was concerned about everything that concerned her. He would answer her with strength in her soul. She wished for all to praise God in the ways of the Lord, for great is the glory of the Lord. Here on earth among us, she lived in the midst of trouble and disappointment, but now she swims in God's great sea of mercy that will endure forever. God has promised to perfect all that concerns her, and he is faithful. That was well said. And I think that all of what I just read to you, which Olive wrote about Polly, was and is true also in just as great a sense of our dear Olive. She truly does now swim in God's great sea of mercy that will endure forever. So all who are here today, <clears throat> let us always remember who it was that Olive lived to, the Lord Jesus Christ, and what she lived for to be his humble and faithful disciple. She was a person who loved her family and loved the brethren 
and love the Lord. And she would have us remember that she loved the Lord because he heard her voice and her supplications, because he inclined his ear to her when she called upon him, and so she called upon him as long as she lived. She now beholds his face in righteousness, and she will do so forever. Let's pray together. Oh Lord, we pray that you would help us to remember our dear sister Olive in this way, as a woman who loved you and who followed you faithfully. And may we ourselves live our lives to you and fight the good fight of faith and lay hold of eternal life. For we pray and we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, we're going to um, sing a closing hymn here and then I'll give you some announcements following that. But we're going to sing Victory in Jesus, which is in the program, in the bulletin here. So why don't we uh, actually, why don't we stand and sing this if we can. If you can't stand, I understand. I heard an old, old story How a Savior came from glory How he gave his life on Calvary To save a wretch like me I heard about his groaning Of his precious blood's atoning Then I repented of my sins And won the victory Oh, victory in Jesus, my Savior forever. He sought me and brought me with his redeeming blood. He loved me ere I knew him, and all my love is due. He plunged me to victory beneath the cleansing flood. I heard about his healing, of his cleansing power revealing, how he made the lame to walk again. And he caused the blind to see. And then I cried, Dear Jesus, come and heal my broken spirit. And some sweet day I'll sing up there the song of victory. Oh, victory! Jesus, my Savior forever. He sought me and he bought me with his redeeming blood. He loved me ere I knew him, and all my love is to him. He plunged me to be
rising flood of the mansion that is for me in glory and I heard about the streets of gold beyond the crystal sea about the angels singing and the old redemption story and some sweet day I'll sing up there the song of victory. Oh, victory in Jesus, my Savior forever. He sought me and bought me with His redeeming blood. He loved me ere I knew Him, and all my love is due Him. He plunged me to victory beneath the cleansing flood.